So the message today is Jesus, hope for the world. And I'm going to do a quick prayer and then we'll get into the message. Glorious and merciful Father, we do thank you that we can celebrate this special time of the year. We want to celebrate the arrival of your son here on earth. So Lord, let this message land on people's hearts. May they receive it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So today's message is called Jesus, hope for the world. And the key verse to remember for today is Hebrews 10 verse 23, which states, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So let me ask you a quick question before I start. What is hope to you? You can just shout it out. What is hope to you? You have to shout it out because I can't hear you. You've all gone quiet. You've got your choice. You've got your chance to add to um, the message quickly. Future Amen. Someone at the back. Future hope, isn't it? Uh, future yeah, future certainty. Anyone else? Okay. Well, I always go to Google. Let's see what Google says. A feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. And then Strong's Bible Dictionary calls it confident expectation, something yearned for and anticipated eagerly, something for which one waits. So our daily lives and our future plans are all shaped by hopes. Wouldn't you agree? We hope to have a good day. We hope to have a good life, good weather, for the snow to go away. Without hope, we would not get up in the mornings, wouldn't we? Everything needs something, everybody needs something to look forward to. Hope always looks to the future. Biblical hope is confident expectation in God. It develops patience, desire, waiting, and anticipation in God's promises. A hope that is assured that these things will come to pass. And many times the Israelites hope for a saviour to deliver them from their bondages. And many times God raised up people to steer the nations back to him. But again and again they walked away and fell back into bondage. It needed someone special and out of this world to provide the salvation the world needed to shake off the bondages this world can and will bring. God's promises are always fulfilled, but we never know how and when. Let me just add a point before I start into the scriptures. I am a Liverpool supporter. Don't hold that against me. And many Liverpool supporters were waiting for years for us to win that League Cup one more time. And I was so eager we had the best season ever. Yeah? And then COVID hit. <laughs> and then there was talk from the, the league people at the top saying, oh, we're going to have to cancel this season. And I could see Man City rubbing their hands thinking, yep, going to deny Liverpool one more time. And I was on my knees praying. I'm saying, no, Lord. No. <laughs> It can't be true. We are so close. Best season. We played out of our socks. And we won the league. Amen. God answered my prayer. But I had to sit at home, watch it on the TV. They were by themselves. The team was by themselves. The fans couldn't be with them. The fans were outside, literally breaking the law outside and we were rejoicing when they lifted up that cup I was at home and I was screaming (laughs) we've won now my prayer was that they win the league 
but I didn't expect COVID, and I didn't expect them to be delighting with them by themselves, lifting up that cup. But the outcome was still the same, no matter how it happened. Do you see my point, church? Let's go into the scriptures. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 23. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So sometimes later from this, Jesus is born in Bethlehem in a manger, and visited by the shepherds, whom the angels had announced the birth of the Saviour to. But we're going to pick up the story a little later after this. We're going to go to Luke 2, verses 23 to 32. The law of the Lord says, if a woman first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So Jesus' birth fulfilled many Old Testament prophecies. The Savior who would be born to save all mankind and put right what Adam and humanity had broken. An intimate, unhindered relationship with God himself. God literally dwells among us. So to know Jesus is to know God himself. Jesus was the hope for the Jewish people. The king who would set all things right and deliver the nation from oppression. And he did fulfill this, but not the way the Jewish nation or the world expected. He extends this invitation to be king of all who believe in him and his father in heaven. He came to bridge the chasm between God and man that sin brought into his beautiful creation. The love and grace of God spurred the construction of God's plan for our salvation, of sending his son to save us. So you've heard of the 12 days of Christmas, I'm assuming, most of us. I'm going to take you through 12 stages and milestones of God's plan for our salvation and redemption. So the beginning. God the Father chose Jesus to be our saviour before creation. Two, God chooses a man, Abraham, to make a people for himself. Three, God begins the process of setting apart a nation, Israel, 
for his name. Four, God uses his nation to announce the coming of his saviour. Look through the Old Testament and the prophets. Five, key milestone, Jesus is born. This is the season we're celebrating now. Six, Jesus teaches us about his father and the Trinity and why he has come. Seven, Jesus gives his life for us, another key milestone. Eight, Jesus rises from the dead. That's a very key milestone for all believers. Nine, Jesus sends out his apostles. And ten, Jesus draws his people to himself. I believe, church, that's where we're at now. Steps nine and ten. Eleven is the future hope. Jesus will return, making all things new and putting all things right. That's definitely a key milestone for all those who believe in the resurrection. And twelve, the end. Jesus reigns supremely in the new heaven and earth. Amen. James 1 verse 17. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So the three wise men came bearing generous gifts fit for a king. King Jesus came bringing great gifts, but his greatest gift was himself, and showing the world the way to his Father. The best gifts are meant to be shared. Isn't that true, church? Unless it's Freya Rochers and then I'm keeping them to myself. <laughs> That's why Jesus wants everyone to share in his love, joy and peace. Not just at Christmas, but for all eternity. He's the ultimate gift you can receive this season. So forgive me, worship team, but I'm going to try and sing. But you can sing along with me and try and dull me out. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Thank you, church. That's what I'm singing today. The great hope for the world is not here on earth. Sorry, yeah. The great hope for the world is now here on earth, and the world will never be the same. We can place our hope in him. And he is a God who endures. He endures in love, grace, mercy and kindness and patience for us and with us. And that is why we can place our hope in him alone. Isaiah 60 verse 3. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Jesus is the light who can show you the way to go. By walking in his light, he will open your eyes to so much more. Jesus reflects the fullness of God in himself in human form. Here's a quote from the Advent Adoration U-Version Bible Plan by John Guerrero and Vertical Worship. And they state, to hope in God is to be patient with God. I had to wait years for Liverpool to win the league. I know what it's like to be patient. (laughs) Biblical hope waits on God to come. Jesus, God himself, came down from heaven to dwell among us. He was always plan A for God's plan to save and redeem us. And God's plan and involvement can be likened, go with me on this church, to the A-team. Remember the A-team? Most of us, I hope, pray. The younger ones probably have a different face to that 
element, but they had a film the other day with younger versions of them. But let, come with me on this journey, church. This one. Who's this one? Yeah, John Hannibal Smith. Now I'm going to liken him very loosely to God the Father. Because he's the one with the plan. Remember? I love it when the plan comes together was his catchphrase. Then we've got Timberton Peck or Face. This handsome man here. Yeah? He, I would liken to Jesus, who is the Son of God. Why? Because he's the front man. He's the one that everyone sees. Yeah? Right. Next one. B.A. Baracus. <laughs> this man here. Mr. T. Right. I'm going to liken him to God the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's the one that's always working in the background and he's arming the team to do what they need to do. So I've left out one. This one. So I've covered the Trinity. Who is this one? Now the men know the answer because I shared it at the men's breakfast, but I'm not going to... Okay. I'll put you out of your misery. Humanity. That's humanity. It's the unpredictable wild card whose involvement is always needed for the plan. Yeah? That's the story of the gospel. The trinity at work with humanity to save all of us that need to be saved. Amen? The story of Jesus shows the following. God has a plan. He may not feel like it, may not look like it, but he has a plan. God is in control, and God is always in charge. A quote from Paul Chappelle. God always knows what he's doing, and we can always trust him, even when we cannot see his plan. Eternal hope looks towards Christ. You can put your trust in him. We can take for granted what we acquire easily. I believe God sometimes asks us to wait so that when we do receive it, we appreciate it more and we, what we receive, we care for it properly. I don't know about you, but when I get my new phone, I put a cover in it and I look after it because it's one of those essential parts of kit now. If I lose it now, I am really stuffed. But I'm appreciating now. It's a gift from God. Because I need it to use what I need it to do and what I do day to day. Simeon understood the significance of who he was meeting. The one spoken about and eagerly awaited by so many was finally here in our midst to begin the fulfillment of many of God's promises and inaugurate and bring in the new eternal kingdom of mighty works for God. God always comes at the right time for the good of all. Jesus' birth brought an end to the waiting in hope for a saviour, but it also brought the beginning of something so much better that had never been seen before and nothing like it will be seen again. 1 John 4 verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. The Old Testament believers looked to the day of his coming. Simeon was expectant in their promises of God for the Messiah's arrival. Today, believers rejoice in the day of his first coming, but wait in hope and anticipation for his return.
to make all things new in and through him. When he restores godly order over all his creation, no more pain, suffering or inequalities, just the presence and love of God. Hope in Jesus never wanes or let you down. Even after all the excitement and busyness of the season passes, our hope in him continues even more strongly as we hold on to him for, we hope, for all we hope for. Simeon beheld the fulfillment of God's promises of a saviour and rejoiced in this. I pray you also can behold the beauty of meeting and knowing Jesus to begin a journey of discovery with him he never imagined. We all want better for ourselves and our families. Jesus is altogether better for everyone in every way. Would you like to play a part in this glorious plan of hope for everyone? You don't have to answer that right now. But if something you heard in the message today stirred in you, I would encourage you, talk to Jesus. There's no better teacher. There's no better leader. And there's no better friend than our Lord, Saviour, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Heavenly and merciful Father, I do thank you for this message. And I pray, Father, that you would stir hearts, not just to listen to the message, but stir hearts to draw closer to you at this special season as we celebrate your birth. But Lord, we also celebrate what you continue to bring into this world by your grace and mercy. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.